Hey, I'm Zora. And I'm Blue. And this is the Asexuality Podcast. Welcome to part two of Asexuality Myths and Misconceptions. So the next one is asexuals are just faking it for attention or just pretending to be oppressed. And again, who wants to be oppressed? Like who looks at life and goes, I want to be ostracized and put down and attacked for the rest of my life. Who does that? Why? Yeah. Um, this is one in particular that really I very strongly am against because it's just due to like for years before I found asexuality, I just, it wasn't like, oh, I, I did think I was straight at the time, which hilariously ironic, but, <laughs> um, I always had this feeling that like something wasn't right. I wasn't, ex- I was missing something. Something wasn't happening that was supposed to be that everyone else seemed to be. I felt broken. And that's such a, a sadly common, just that specific word. Even if you say that word, like, you know, nine out of 10 asexuals will be like, yeah, I, that yeah. exact word, they've probably thought to themselves at one point or another. It's that's, that's the, that's the connector right there. That's, that, the, word. That word. that's it's, the word. And it's, I felt, I felt broken. And I know mm-hmm. it was never about, you know, wanting to be cool or special. I just wanted to, I just n- wanted to not feel like something was wrong. And you to when belong. I, yeah. And when I finally came across asexuality, like even, even for me, it was, it took a journey. It took a good, what was it? Six months of sliding through some stuff for me to mm-hmm. really accept it. And, you know, sometimes people struggle with accepting whatever their sexuality is, but it was never about, it was about me being able to, to know that what, was happening was not something broken something wrong it was just it was something okay and it was never about being special or being uh, you know being you know unique and wanting to be oppressed it it was about the fact that I I I needed a term for what I was experiencing it and it wasn't and and I needed to not feel broken because it's it's not it's not even in the same vein as like, you know, some of the more obscure sexualities where people are like, oh, I need a word for it. But that's slightly different mm-hmm. in that in that asexuality is to an extent so kind of different from other sexualities in that the thing that every other sex, uh, sexuality has in common is its sexual attraction to blank. Right. And that's the thing is asexual uh, asexuality is sexual attraction to no one. But right. since it kind of stands on its own to an extent, it's not like I could even have things close to it and be okay with it it was like none of the labels that i knew of none of like homosexuality heterosexuality bisexuality none of it fit right or even came close enough to be you know a a, a usable or good enough label it was all wrong so it was never about you know wanting to be special it was about finding what was what What where i sat right i mean for me it was like it took me three years to do the research and find out, you know, didn't come to terms with the fact that that's what I was. It took me three years. And and this is at a time like, you know, early to mid 20s where, you know, you're coming, you're also coming to terms with adulthood and bills. Yep. And I was living on my own at the time. And, you know, I, you know, the, it was it was a little bit of a tumultuous period. And, yeah. and again, even for me, like it wasn't about trying to feel special it was trying to find my place in the world it was trying to find my home and specifically finding other people that understood me in that same in that sense and that was the biggest thing and that's why I've been 
so kind of immersed in the community itself for so long is because that was the first time that I felt like I belonged somewhere. I could talk to people yeah. and be like, this, I, I don't, I don't get what, what people mean whenever they say they experience this, like when they look at somebody attractive and they feel this and everybody be like, Oh God. Yeah, I know that was, that's so, that's so, you know, I, I don't, I don't get that either. That's so weird. And you know, it, I, I, I thought I was messed up for so long because I don't feel that. And so for me, it was always more about where do I fit? Where do I, where's, where's my home? And I found that in the ACE community and it really wasn't about people who aren't ACE. It was, it was not about appeasing people who weren't ACE. It, it was about finding other people like me. Yeah. And, and this is, this, this is just a core part of, you know, human nature. Right. That's why like, I, I know people that are just definitively against the, the concept of labels and mm -hmm. I never really have been because labels help you fit somewhere. Like they help yeah. you find other people that feel the way that you do about things. So, yeah. yeah. And that's where it bridges over. And it's the same with any other subset of the, of the queer community per se is because, you know, that's why like there are places like, you know, the LGBT, an LGBT center at a university or something is because we tend to congregate because we we're finding people we relate to. And right. for the large majority of people who are heterosexual, they don't need to find a space where they can find people they can relate to because nine times out of 10, they can throw a rock. They can, they can swing a dead cat and hit five other people they can relate to. <laughs> You know, yeah. like they don't have to find a space where they can find people to relate to because they are the majority. But, you know, uh, queer people, LGBT people need to we have as just a subset of human nature to want to find a place to belong and people who we can relate our experiences to and people we relate to. Um, we we look for those people because it's somebody that you don't have to hide from. It's somebody that you don't have to be mm -hmm. afraid to talk to because they're not going to attack you for it. And even on a more milder state as th than that, it's it's somebody who, un it it's it's a prime it's a need that people have for someone else to understand what we're going through. Right. It's exactly. to have someone else who can hear what you say about what's going on, and can say yes, what you're saying is real. I agree. I understand. It's to mm -hmm. have somebody else understand. And while other people can you know conceptually understand, it's really only when you find people who are going through what you're going through that you find people who can truly understand thoroughly mm -hmm. like that you feel better um this is one of the funnier ones um oh you're just single and claiming to be asexual because you can't get laid and it's like uh, okay <laughs> avoiding rehashing the whole you know a lot of asexuals do have sex it's like are there probably a few a handful of people out there who did latch on just because they they're i don't know refugees from the exploded carcass of our incels maybe but that's you know that's their personal issues to deal with and that doesn't reflect on the greater community at all right well i mean and again your inability to find a sexual partner doesn't affect your personal attraction that you experience and again sexual asexuality and sexual orientation in general is about sexual attraction, not what this, yeah. not the sex you can or cannot have. Yeah. So and, <laughs> again, that's not how it works. And when you're talking about people who it's like, you know, oh, you're just saying it because you can't get laid. Again, if you're saying that to someone and if it's true, generally that means that they are experiencing sexual attraction and they aren't able to get it. 
And that's not what this, what asexuality is. Asexuality no. isn't, we're not able to get it. It's that we're not experiencing the sexual, uh, sexual attraction in the first place. And if you're worried about, you know, oh, I'm just attracted to all these people and I can't get laid, I can't, you know, score, it, it comes from a place of having a sexuality right. inherently. And in, even if you are somebody that, in that same vein, if you're somebody that can't, that does experience sexual attraction and can't get, quote unquote, get laid, and you decide, well, okay, well, to hell with it then, then I'm just going to stop trying. That's a choice. Sexual orientation is not a choice. It, that's not how this, I feel like the, the catchphrase of this episode should be, that's not how it works. <laughs> yeah. So the next one is asexuality is just how women are. Or on the flip side, men always want sex. This one in particular is two different kind of subcategories of a similar thing, which the, the first half ties into, you know, this really antiquated idea. And I'll let, I'll probably let you touch on this one a bit more that, you know, it's, it's the old idea that women aren't quote unquote supposed to want sex. And this is a really old, old, old mentality that still pops up every now and then. Some people still mm -hmm. think like that. Yeah. But the side I really want to touch on um, is the idea that, you know, men always want sex. It's much more, to an extent, um, seen as bad. And it's harder for men to um, be able to be asexual because there's this overbearing mentality that men always want sex. That's all they want. That's all they think about. They There's that, you know, urban myth that, you know, oh, a man thinks about sex every second seconds, which I attribute to, you know, Sexual thought to George, who lives in a cage and thinks about sex 10,000 times a day. But, <laughs> God, I love that meme. Um, <laughs> but, um, you know, so it's it's seen as much more abnormal for a mm. man to not be any, even, even, even just to not be even close to how sexual men are not even necessarily are, but are quote, are supposed to be based right. on how the media presents it, how, you know, movie like guys are portrayed in movies as always just wanting sex all the time. And it's harder for guys, I, in my opinion, at least to be able to be asexual to an extent, at least oh, like conceptually, because they're faced with this whole mentality of like, as a man, they're supposed to. And it's something right. I have struggled with in the past. It's something I've struggled with a lot, the idea that, oh, well, I'm supposed to want it. Absolutely. And um, and it's I think that's why I think that's why there needs to be more of a breaking down of that mentality, because I think it's that's why you generally tend to see. I, I don't think it's the only reason. I think there probably is a larger population of asexual women, possibly. But I think it ties into also the fact that there's a large population who may be too afraid to even consider it because that's not what men are supposed to be, because, you know, this overbearing um, these overbearing standards of masculinity that say that men have to be oversexual all the mm -hmm. time. It's, it, it's a concept of, of hyper-masculinity. And I exactly. would absolutely 100% agree with you that it is a lot harder for male-identifying people to identify as asexual because of that, because it is, it is, a, it is a, a, the toxicity of hyper-masculinity. Yeah, Absolutely. and I'm 100%. actually I'm glad you said like male identifying because this wouldn't even be something unique to AMAB people. This right. this is something that would affect you know trans guys as well. That they they're trying to like if there are ace trans guys, like I could easily see how they could be in a position where they're like they're still asexual, but they they feel like they almost have to force themselves to try to be more hypersexual to better I don't know encapsulate masculinity. 
I could see how something like that could happen and could be potentially very harmful to an ace, you know, trans guy. Oh, God, yeah. That they might feel like there's this, like, this, this, um, like, a goal they have to meet. Right. Yeah, it, it, like a, a masculinity quota, so to speak. Yeah, yeah exactly. Absolutely. Um, on the female side of things, or the, the, the female identifying side of things, um, I think a lot of that gets tied up in, again, what, what people see as demisexuality, because I think most people, um, society in general, looks at women as being kind of inherently demisexual, where you're not supposed to want sex until passive. you're with... Yeah, it's, it's a passive um, thing of it, where you're supposed to be pretty much... You don't want it at all. You're pretty, you know, um, can't think of the word off the top of my head right now, but where you're, you're not supposed to want it until you are supposed to want it. And that's whenever you yeah. find your, your yeah. man that's going to come and sweep you off your feet and you get married and then you're supposed to want it whenever he wants it. And yeah, this is an ancient mentality. This is something yeah. that stretches back like hundreds of years. The oh, mentality God, yeah. that women just aren't supposed to want sex. And right. Because it, it goes back to the whole, like, the value of, of virginity and purity in women. Yep. And the, but yet, you know, if a woman is so pure to the point that on her wedding night, she is afraid to consummate the marriage, then she's wrong because she's not giving her husband what he wants. So, I mean, it's that same kind of a thing of it's, it's casting women in the light of you're not supposed to want it until you are supposed to want it. And you're supposed to want it when a man wants it. And... It's the same thing, yeah. and that, and again, that's not how sexual orientation works by any means. That's not how lesbians work. That's not how gay men work. <laughs> that's just it doesn't. It's not how heterosexual um, relationships work. That's just it, that's not yeah. how humanity works. Um, yeah, exactly. So, and again, we like we've like we've said several times. You know, you can be asexual and want slash enjoy sex, and it's fine. Yeah. The next one is, but. But 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 sex is what makes us human, which if that's really all you if you look at humanity as a whole and everything we've done and that's all, and all you can see is sex, then oh, my God. That and, you know, I have some things to tell you about literally every other mammal in existence. Yeah, exactly. Every, <laughs> if, if, it, given that it's, it's one of the few things that's not that's like saying, you know, breathing air is what makes us human. Like, not I mean, it, it makes us a mammal, I guess. Yeah, yeah. I mean, even non-mammals have sex, so, you know. Yeah. We don't lay eggs, I guess. I don't know. <laughs> but, yeah, that's, it, it's it's the kind of myth that, like, if you're not, if you haven't been experienced to this, and I generally have a occasional masochistic streak where I dive straight into the deep end of this stuff uh, just to see what other people think. And you might think, like, oh, this is ridiculous. No one says that. But people have said this. People will oh, say yeah. that, like, oh, I, I've seen people say sex is what makes us human. And it's like... If that's all you give yourself value as as a human being, then that's sad. Yeah, I mean, I, I, I that this is probably one of the more um, prevalent comments that I've personally seen. Like, I don't think I've ever seen a news article or something like that on on asexuality where somebody in the comment section didn't say that. I yeah, think that that is exactly. probably one of the more prominent detractors is oh sex makes us human and then inevitably there'll be some educated asexual person that will come in and reply to that comment and be like did let me tell you things about mammals that you probably don't know apparently like that it'll or not even just an asexual person like somebody will come in and be like guys you know 
horses do this too it's it's not just (laughs) it's not just humans that have sex and even if it was like you know just animals that start with the letter h (laughs) you you have unlocked the secrets the government will come for you now it's done Uh, the next one is um, one of my personal favorites, and it's, oh my god, I admire you. You must not have any problems. To which I respond, work, money, <laughs> Rent. <laughs> Rent. <laughs> War- yeah. Um, Family. Um, my friend is mad at me. Like, if all of your, yeah. you know, and, and to be honest, if your only problem is sex, I envy you in that situation, not the other way around but even in more specifically to what they're generally referring to um i'd like to you know kind of like a quick call a little callback to what i described earlier about my personal journey it's like no this cause this was a problem for me personally oh, for years um it's even though i'm you know fully accepted i i i and love, love my self for who i am now it's like it's still, I still have problems in that I'm still having to, you know, fight for this. And it's like, you know, uh, to an extent, I'm still having to debate my existence to an extent with some people. And I have had to. So, Even myself from time to time. I mean, I still question my own orientation from time to time. It still causes me a little bit of, of um, stress and worry, even to this day. And it's been eight years since I first started identifying as ace. So it's still a problem. <laughs> Yeah, and honestly, I find that one kind of funny because it's like, are, are you telling me that one of your biggest problems is that you're, what, I guess, sexually attracted to too many people? <laughs> that's that's your problem? Okay. My condolences? <laughs> I think the point that they try to make with that is that if you're not thinking about sex and sexual attraction all the time, you have more time to do other things. Oh, yeah, no, I mostly just play video games. <laughs> <laughs> I know, like, 99% of my brain power goes towards D&D, like, you know. Yeah, I guess I have more time to waste on other things, but, yeah. you know. It's I mean, not, generally, I'm not it's just replaced about with sex, other I'm forms about other things. of daydreaming. Yeah. And then, basically, on the flip side of that, the last one, which I guess we're improv um, Yeah. <laughs> the last one we've got on the list here is, you're missing out. Which, if it's as big of a problem as that other group seems to claim it is, apparently I'm not. Apparently I'm not, yeah. I mean, and given the point that, given the fact that, you know, I've had sex and, like I said, it was okay. I mean, it wasn't unpleasant the time, you know, the the time that I was an active participant in it. Like, it wasn't a problem. I Mm -hmm. didn't hate it. It was okay. Um, But not necessarily something that I would want to necessarily feel the need to do on a regular basis. Yeah. Um, And... And boy, you're probably going to hear me go into what almost sounds like psychology nerd mode a lot. But <laughs> um, a lot of this basically does, again, stem from um, this kind of idea that, oh, I like what I'm doing, so it must be the best thing ever. And if you're not doing what I love to do, then you're missing out. Like, if I see someone eating, like, say, a quiche, and they're like, this is the best thing ever, you're missing out. And I'm just kind of sitting here like, I don't really like quiche that much. Yeah. And it's like, I'm not missing out because I, and, and this, then even ignoring that that's not what this is, it's not about not liking something, but mm. it, it's, 
like so if somebody like someone might walk up to me and be like you're never gone skydiving or you never want to go sky you're missing out and it's like no a couple of cup a big old combination of fear of death uh, somewhat of a fear of heights not wanting to splatter on the pavement it's like I, I don't feel like i'm missing out by not jumping out of an airplane i generally don't like getting on airplanes in the first place so you know the idea of jumping out of one with or without a parachute not really uh, ideal so i don't feel like i'm missing out but it's right. but but to them they love that activity so much and they feel like since i it all of a lot of basically all of these myths and misconceptions can really be boiled down to one thing this kind of fundamental human error that a lot of people have it's the mentality that everyone else experiences the way the world the way you do that Absolutely. your experience is the base model and that's that is such a widespread mentality that you that people in general just really have to break through and people need to under understand and i'm sure everyone's gone through this at some point that they have to learn to understand that okay and this is something you you're supposed to learn at a very young age you're supposed to say okay what i like what i want what i do what i think what i experience is not the same as what other people want do experience it's right. it's the same kind of mentality that ties into and it, it historically ties into so many different things. It ties into the people who who think that, you know, being gay is a choice and they're doing it deliberately. It ties into this this mentality that, oh, since I'm straight and everyone else, therefore, must be straight, then if someone's being gay, then clearly they're doing it as a choice. It's, right. It's such a widespread... And if I remember correctly from my childhood development class, it's, I believe, a stage that... Um, most people are, that people are supposed to bypass in cognitive development that a lot of people tend to get stuck into an extent maybe not fully but they too tend to have i've noticed a lot of people tend to hang in that section quite a lot but it all ties into this this idea that um you know you're missing out because i enjoy this therefore everyone must enjoy this Therefore, you know, like I hate pine someone may say they hate pineapple on pizza, which I love pineapple on pizza, but uh, they may say I hate it. Therefore, people who do say they love it are just lying about it. Obviously, that's usually said in jest, but right. but that's obviously satire of a very real thought process that people have about certain things is that if I think this way and someone else is saying they think a different way, then they must be lying because everyone else and it's not it's not. Um, it's not a conscious thought. It's not that people are consciously saying, well, everyone else is like me. It's subconscious. You just right. assume that everyone else is like you. And if you allow yourself to get stuck in the mindset that everyone else, of assuming that everyone else is like you, then the only way to really explain anyone else being any other way is to say, oh, well, they must be lying. They must right. be making they're, it up. Or they're wrong. Or there's yeah, something they're wrong. wrong with them. Right. I mean, it's like whenever I was a, a kid, I, I, had, um, whenever. I had a favorite song when I was a kid and I used to like look at my dad and say I, I love this song so much I don't understand how somebody else could hear exactly what I'm hearing and mm -hmm. not love it as much as I did and and he would just be like well you know different people perceive things different ways and that's just how the world works but when I, I was when at that age I didn't I could not grasp that concept that but I love it so much and it's so beautiful to me. How could somebody else experience this and not get what I get out of it? And I think it's like, yeah. like you said, it's the same kind of a concept here. Yeah, it is. And, it, and that's why like you were able to grow out of it because you had a voice, you know, telling you, well, some people experience the world differently, 
But I think I think the primary reason why this so often goes awry is if people get stuck in these echo chambers of people who agree with them, mm-hmm. it's, it you get into this cycle of echoing and validation and echoing that validation that concretes that, that makes concrete what you should be growing out of. Right. And so if when you're growing up, you're not told that hey, everyone experiences the world. Dif- everyone, nobody experiences the world the exact same way as you do. Nobody. No. But if you're, but everyone experiences the world differently. Some some people can't hear. Some people can't don't have a sense of smell. Some people are blind. Everyone experiences the world differently. If you're not, I think if you're not taught that growing up, because that is a stage we get stuck in. And it's something we have to actually learn our way out of. If you, if rather than being taught that, you're in a situation where it's reinforced that our way of thinking is right, everyone thinks like us, and everyone else is lying or wrong or deviant or sinners or possessed by the devil or, you know, summoning Cthulhu. It's, <laughs> it's, if you're stuck in that echo chamber of, and then you, you know, your parents may reinforce those ideals, and then you find friends who reinforce those ideals, and then you're dragging forward a mentality you should be, have grown out of by this point into adulthood, and some people for the, drag that mentality out with them for the rest of their lives. Mm-hmm. But okay. yeah, to sum to sum it up, basically to cycle back to the last one of you know you're missing out. It's like just because you enjoy something, even like even ignoring the fact that obviously we've said over and over in this episode how you know many asexuals do have sex. It's not about not having sex. But even if we did boil it down to simply that, even if we did say that that's what it was, just because someone else isn't having or enjoying what you enjoy does not mean they're missing out. I personally don't like avocado that much. But right now, everybody loves avocado. And you know what? Go nuts. Have your avocado toast and fail to buy a house, apparently. Like, (laughs) you know, have avocado smash this. Eat your guacamole. I personally never really like guacamole. I don't like cilantro. I don't. Right. But I'm not missing out because I'm not eating avocado. And someone you know who may More love, avocado for them then. Yeah. You know? And someone who may love avocado may be like, oh, you're missing out. This avocado is so good. And it's like, okay, I'm glad you're having the time of your life eating that avocado. I mean, kudos. But I'm but I'm not missing out because I'm because I don't want what you want and or have. If I don't want it. If I am missing, if I, if it is something I'm missing out, if I see someone with like I don't know, a really big bowl of Chicago mixed popcorn, and they're like, you're missing out, this is fantastic, and I'm sitting there like, yeah, I wish I could have some. Like, that's missing out, but... Yeah. You can't, like, assume just because you like something, or you have something, or something's really... Just... The best way to put this, just because something is very important to you does not mean someone else who does not consider it very important is missing out. Right. I mean, that kind of boils back down to, like, it, that, that same analogy that you just gave about the popcorn... Just because that that kind of that's kind of like a callback to the other question that we had earlier, where it's it's about personal distress. If you yes. don't feel like you're missing out, then you're not missing out, and that's the exactly. that's the baseline of it. If it's not causing you distress that you're missing out on something, then it's not a it's not a priority for you, and there's nothing wrong with you because that's not a priority. Baseline. Yeah, so, something only becomes a problem if you're personally, if it's personally harmful to you. Exactly. Put that on a t-shirt. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So we 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 are just starting back up. And obviously, we wouldn't really have had any actual like feedback because we hadn't had an episode yet. But we didn't really get any questions and whatnot so far. But 
Um, what we're, our plan is, for those of you listening in, eager to hear what will be coming out in two weeks, hopefully. Um, yep. The next episode we want to do is asexuality and romantic relationships. Yes. So you any fee- you can send in feedback or questions about any topic you want. It doesn't have to be on those. We might use them that episode. We might save them for a future episode that it's really relevant to. You don't have right. to feel like locked in by what next week's topic is. But if you have if you're listening to this and you weren't gonna send anything and you might think, oh, actually, I kind of have something, a question or a comment I'd like to make on that specific topic. Send it our way. We'd love. We really want to be able to have a, a segment where we can include. Like, the whole point of this, obviously, is, you know, we have our voice here to help for people to listen to. But we also want to elevate other voices in the community. We want to elevate your voice and include that in our dis- in our discussion and in what we share with everyone else. So we welcome, you know, comments, questions. But, yeah, absolutely, yeah. Send them in. And um, I did notice in the teaser that I didn't give specific information for where to send things to. So on Tumblr, you can send them to asexualitypodcast.tumblr.com. We have our ask box open, so please feel free to send them there. Um, you Not can send them... the asexuality podcast. Correct. That got snagged by a spam bot. I'm We're still working on hope- that. I'm still hopeful since it hasn't po- it's literally obviously a spam bot and hasn't posted in like three years. I'm hoping we can be like, hey, Tumblr staff, clearly this is garbage. Yes. Can we have it back? Yes. But for um, right now, I mean, it'll be obvious once you actually like open it up. But yeah, it's to save yourself some time. It's it's just asexuality podcast. Correct. Correct. It's just asexuality podcast. Um, so you can send it to us there if you're on Tumblr. If you want to send it via email, it's podcast at the asexualityblog.com. Um, you can send them on Twitter at at asexual podcast all one word, and then also on Facebook at facebook.com slash the ace podcast. That's A-C-E podcast. Um, the ace podcast. Uh, the ace podcast. Um, also, if you want to send things in that aren't relevant, re- that aren't relevant to next episode, we do have a list of upcoming episodes on the podcast. They're not in any particular order. Um, but they are up on the asexualityblog.com slash podcast. If you want to have a look through there, see if you've got some feedback to send in and just Hell, if please... you want to suggest a topic for a future episode, oh, absolutely. God, yeah. If you've got an idea of something we can discuss, sure, yeah, send it definitely. in. Yeah, totally, definitely. Because, you know, there's there's a limited, we want to keep this going for a while and there's only a limited number of upcoming episodes on there. But if you see something on the list that you want to send in, just preface it or if you want to suggest something and you have a question that's for a different topic that we haven't listed just when you send it in just let us know what the topic it's going to be for so that we can organize it and make sure we know where to put you but yeah those are the ways that you can contact us and of course we're always welcome to um to get feedback uh questions comments concerns on just what you think of these episodes as well we may or may not air them on the episodes themselves but we'd still love to hear from you All right, so we'll see you guys in two weeks with asexuality and romance. Thanks, bye. Bye. Fade out the music.